Pastor Kimberly Anderson, she come to minister the word of God to us. Love you. Bless God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, fathers, happy Father's Day. I love you. I know. Hallelujah. Well, the message has really been preached. Um, Pastor hit it. The praise team sang it. And so it won't take us long. So media, I'm asking for 50 minutes. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, it's a miracle Sunday. Oh, I'm going to do this. If the man of God can say all he said in 25, 28, 30 minutes, I know. Dog, should nobody talk that much. Two hours up here. I'm going to get it done. See, I'm already starting. See, here's the problem right here. Okay, amen. Let's do it. Father God, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for the sweet Holy Spirit that's here. We thank you, Father God, that you've made all of us good ground to receive the seed of the word. And I thank you, Father God, that by this very word you've given me to share with your people, it's the very word you use to deliver me, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that as your people here, that the old evil one, that old antichrist will get out of here, get out of their minds, get out of their ears, and they will not walk away with any condemnation, but they will walk away with a boldness and an authority, knowing that you have made them victorious, you've always caused them to triumph, that they are more than conquerors in you. We come against every work of the evil one, and we thank you now, God, that you will be edified. You will be glorified. The people will be edified. You will be glorified, Father God. The job will be done here in the earth realm, and we will walk out of here whole people ready to change our communities and change our nation. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I thank you, Father, that I stand here in his competency. In and of myself, I have no competency. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, this morning, we're going to go to uh, two scriptures. Pastor talked about one. Let's go to Psalm number 27 and verse 10. Yeah, he just, he did it already. In the New King James Version, it says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Amen. Say that, the Lord will take care of me. It would have been nice to have him. Oh, go ahead and say it. It would have been nice to have him. But the Lord got me. You know, we're going to have to stop playing, okay? This is, this is how the church is going to get better, how the nation is going to get better. It's not going to come by legislation. It's going to come by us dealing in truth. And the truth of the matter is American families are falling apart. They have fallen apart. That's what the truth is. The truth is, is most time what we came through doesn't match what we look like. We've mastered dressing it up. I'll tell you how I know. We mastered dressing it up. But we found out when we went through to the Jesus Changed uh, Our Lives uh, uh, training, evangelism training, that there's a lot of stuff. Not a little bit, a lot of stuff that we've had to work through and fight through and some days are good and some days are bad because we didn't know what we have, but today we're going to find out what we have. Amen? Now, I want to go to Judges chapter 11. 
Judges chapter 11, three verses there. I know you like Judges. Judges chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. You introduced me to this, this gentleman. It says, now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor. So he was a man that had, he, he had something going on for himself, right? He, but he was the son of a harlot. So his, his mommy was not the woman of the house. She was the side piece round the corner, okay? All right? You see that, right? You see it says, but he was. See, there's a butt that's one in the gate that, I know y'all want to sit down, but I don't get to sit down, so we're going to. That butt is negating the mighty man of valor. There's something that God called him to be, but there's a butt that is supposed to negate what he. And Gilead begat, begot Jephthah, verse 2. Gilead's wife bore sons. See where this going, right? And when his wife's sons grew up, they just loved on Jephthah. They took him in. They bought him birthday gifts. They took him to the park. They hung out and watched movies with him. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese every Saturday. No. They drove Jephthah out and said to him, you think you finna get my mama house? Don't that sound like our community? Oh, you think you about to get my mama house? Your mama's that up. He says, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are uh, the son of another woman. Verse 3. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers. Okay, he left. He left. He left. Have y'all ever asked yourselves, where all these young men that we see walking all day, all night, every time you pass that corner store, every time you pass that strip plaza, every time you go somewhere, you always see them. Anybody ever ask, like, where do you live and who do you belong to? Jeff the fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob and worthless men. Remember, he was a mighty man of valor, but. I said he was a mighty man of valor, but. And people didn't operate with him or deal with him based on what God said about him. They dealt with him based on the but. Gilead didn't open his mouth. Had he opened his mouth, his son would have still been in his house. But he let brothers, sons, the wife didn't say anything. I said the wife didn't say anything. Oh, well, you don't understand. Yeah, that's my husband, and I can't believe he stepped out. And I, 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 I bet she didn't leave Gilead. They banded together with Gilead. Worthless men banded together. They connected to the butt. They connected to the butt. They didn't connect with the mighty man. He didn't, uh, mentors didn't come along and connect with the mighty man of valor. 
worthless men came and banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. You may take your seats. Today we're going to talk about abandoned, rejected, yet victorious. I said abandoned, rejected, yet victorious. Now, I very rarely preach anything that I know nothing about. And I think what tends to happen with men and women of God is you come and you see uh, the suits, you see the shoes, you see the woman's dress, you see where they are now, you see the handbag, you see the car, you see the house, you see the manifestation of their of, of, of a lot of time in the word, but no one really deals with what happened behind the scenes. What happened to get us here? When we look at our spiritual father, we forget that by the age of 16, he had no parents. We forget that. So we come, sometimes come and look and say he doesn't get it. He don't know what it is to need a suit for prom and there's no one to buy it. Need a first car and there's no one to buy it want to go in somebody's room and cry and there's no one to go into the room and cry to. You know, sometimes we forget that he can't just call mama when he can't afford groceries and when he needs new underwear, mama just bring him home without him even asking. We forget that. Because when we talk about a spirit that comes from abandonment, it's not always daddy walked out and never had wanted nothing to do with you or he had something else better or he went to prison. No, divorce death, and all of the other things. Leave you with abandonment issues that make us walk around rejected. Do, do you, 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 you see what I'm saying? You know, not all kids process it the same way. And pastor has testified of of those years where he wandered, where things entered in and, and tore him out of the frame. Well, Pastor Kim, he's not preaching this, you are. Oh, you had it so perfect. Oh, you were just, oh my God, your dad was there and he bought you cars and he got da-da-da-da and he paid your insurance until you married. He sure did. An excellent provider. I said an excellent provider. I said an excellent provider. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. But what you fail to understand is, and I'm not going to feel bad on Father's Day, and nor do I harbor anything. So don't look at me if you see Lord. Oh, she, she, oh, she got to, I don't, I don't, uh, my faith works. I ain't got time for all of that bad feeling between people. I have one picture of my father holding me. And I don't even have that in my possession. He held me once. He did not babysit 
What do you mean babysit? You're the father. No, my mom couldn't leave us home and walk out because men don't baby. See, 70s man. Men don't babysit. See, y'all, y'all playing with me. Like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. See what I'm saying? I've had one conversation of substance with my father. One conversation. And it was after I had my first, I birthed my first child. And he gave me, it was wonderful. I'm thinking, I'm sure you probably had a lot of great things to tell me. But he was abandoned and rejected. But nobody could give him the key on how to be victorious. See, religious church won't tell you how to be victorious. They just tell you how to walk around in all of your issues. They never gave him answers. They never, ah, they didn't give him any answers. But we don't have that story. We've been abandoned. We've been rejected. But yet we're victorious. So I had one conversation, and it was powerful. He said, because I already had uh, Alexis in the home, and um, I was sitting out on the step, I think, because I don't leave the house for eight weeks after I have children. Y'all do what y'all want to do, but I stay home. And I just bond with my babies and play with my babies and change their clothes and bathe them so much the doctor says, stop bathing them, please. <laughs> I, I did and took pictures and... And, yeah, the first one had to tell me to stop nursing, like, baby, she 15 months, stop. So he told me, he said, he said, Kim, listen to me. Don't ever make that man, your husband, choose between his daughter and you. Speaking of Alexis, he said, whatever you do, don't ever make him choose. You married him, and he had a child. Never make him choose. And I'm like, I sat up, and I was like, oh, my, oh, my, oh. You speak. See, y'all laughing. See, y'all laughing. Why do you say you speak? Because my father would walk in the house, and we would not hear his voice for weeks, but he always came home, and he always provided, but when he opened the, when you heard the front door turn, everybody just tensed up, we all scattered, because you bought me the stereo, but the stereo is too loud. You bought the TV, but it's too loud. You told us to go outside and play, but we dug a hole. You, you, you see? So when I heard something, so he was present, but he was absent. So I never, I, I never, I, I walk in and a dad hug you, don't know nothing about it. I said I know nothing about it. Now, when did I get the hugs? When things between mom and dad went bad. When he did things he shouldn't have done. Made me see things I should have never seen. That's when the hugs would come. 
And you say, oh, well, at least he was there. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How many days I wished he were not there because I just wanted to laugh. But this is not that kind of Father's Day. Nor do I harbor anything against him. Love him to the if he called right now needing something. I'm the one that's going to take care of him. Oh, I'm good. Thank you. But, but this is so don't, don't look at now. Don't look at Pastor Cam. Look at where you are now. No, man. I had to fight. Now, abandonment is the biggest soul issue there is. And you say, oh, it can't be. Can't be. Yes. It is. All sorts of child development um, um, experiments have been done. I studied them to show what would happen if you just separated a child from those ones that they were supposed In Romania, they did this study, cruel study, very cruel study. They kids in an orphanage, they had babies, they put them in a room, all in the crib, nobody talked to them, nobody dealt with them, all they did was change them and feed them. Nobody, but they fed them from a distance. They didn't coddle them and feed them. They didn't, those children grew up to be monsters. And many of them did not make it past their first birthday because children need. They were abandoned intentionally. So they know. I said, listen to me. The government knows what happens when you infiltrate a group of people with abandonment and rejection to let them be there for some things, but then to have them leave after. Well, Pastor Kim, you, you, you know, that, that's, not that, that's not that bad. <laughs> because after 43 years of marriage, the devil, because it's not him. It was never him. It's the devil. It's the evil one. After me, and the seed that would come after. Well, why she don't let her kid? Because uh, you'll figure it out in a minute. After 43 years of marriage, my parents divorced. And it was, it was, the, it was, it was, it was weird. But not shocking. Because I just don't know how I made it that long with everybody in the house, the adults, dealing with abandonment and rejection. It's real. So, you would think that if a husband and a wife divorce, it's a husband and a wife issue. Well, not for Kimberly. It became, y'all ready for this? My fault. So I'm 40-something years old. No, we're good. 40-something years old, and I get a call. And my father, wow. I've never had a man speak to me that way. Never had a boyfriend, 
somebody I was talking to, a friend, guy, never, never. So it was my fault. So it just kept getting worse because it was not. It was not about the marriage ending. It was about the end result of undealt with abandonment and rejection. Because the last thing I had, children are grown and gone. Did he enjoy us being around? I think something about him did, but I think there was a lot of, you took away my life and you took away my child, you took away my dreams. Parents, be careful of that. Children are a blessing from the Lord. The la you know, the sh it, got, it kept getting worse. I would open my, I would get a phone call and I would let it go to voicemail because I wasn't going to deal with it. And it would say, I want nothing to do with you, your husband, your children, the rest of your life, as long as I live. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now y'all this recent, cause I'm on the pink streets. Okay? Y'all wanna know Pastor Kim? Here's Pastor Kim. And uh, go outside. This is all on voicemail. I opened the front door. Not all your clothes, because it was very strategic and demonic. But several boxes of my mother's things are in my driveway. Why are they in my driveway on the pink streets? And at this time, we the last us on the block. <laughs> <laughs> but you thought that was bad because there's more clothes because she's always shopped I show up at church well I get a call I get a call Pauline's calling me hey don't want to alarm you got a little issue all of my mom's things and it's still not all were strewn from the door all the way down to the parking lot. Unboxed, pajamas, undergarments, it didn't matter. And I had to come to church. But how do you get through this thing that won't let you go? How do you deal with an abandonment issue that keeps reminding you you've been abandoned. Or a rejection thing that keeps reminding you you be rejected. See, we've got to stop this in the community that we say, oh, they'll grow up and they'll get better. No young fools grow up to be old fools if we don't intervene. So Pastor Kim, well, why do you say this is the most prevalent? Because we like in the faith camp to talk about how many times we are told that the just should live by faith. How many times are we told that the just should live by faith in scripture? Four times. But think about how many times did Father God have to come and say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many times he had to come and say, I will be with you always. How many times did we come and say, I'll be with you and I'll be in you. How many times did he have to say that? Do you know why? Because the feeling of abandonment and 
is real. But can I tell you something? We'll be victorious. I've never needed counseling. I've never needed alcohol. I've never drank. I never needed weed. Because there's one thing, I don't care how much I tried to stray. Okay, let's try this boyfriend. Because I tried, like, like let's, let's, let's try this guy, Morehouse man. You know, uh, you find your way back to Christ. Try this, try that. Why? Because the word, even a religious word, I said even a religious word will keep you. And so I'm going to show you how God restores when you've been abandoned and rejected. But we got to tell the truth. Now, so here's what we got to understand. It's not a mental health condition. It's not a mental health condition. It's spirit. All right? It's a sense of anxiety. So why do you think Christ kept telling us to be anxious about nothing through his writers? Why did he tell us that anxiety leads to depression? Because he knew. Listen, during this time, people were losing their fathers to war. People were losing their fathers because they couldn't control their flesh. People were losing their fathers because they had multiple wives because they were act. So he knew that he knows how we're wired. So he knew that as people grew up, that there would be these things that would be in their hearts that they would have a hard time explaining. So it's not a mental defect. It's not a mental health, but it is anxiety and even sometimes a phobia. People afraid to have children because uh, kids, you, you know, you drop them off at daycare and they can't stay. You can't leave them anywhere. That's an anxiety, all right? So what does it look like? Always wanting to please others, being a people pleaser. Giving too much in relationships. I said giving too much. Giving things to people they don't deserve. Buying men cars and shoes and clothes. Oh, my God. You going out to dinner, you pulling out your bank card. You know, let me, let me borrow you. Y'all have seen this. Let me borrow you. Yeah. I don't want to put my makeup on my husband's suits. He's so cute. Y'all have seen this. So she's the girl. I'm the guy at Target in the electronics section at tax time. Can I get a game to go with the PS5? Can I get a... Y'all laughing, y'all laughing, y'all laughing. But how many times have you been in Foot Locker, Finish Line, come on now, Target, Walmart, and you see the young girl standing up front transacting all the business, and he holding on to her till he get the bag. Then when he get the bag, he head to the car, and now he blowing up her phone telling her to come on. Bump, you need to get groceries for the kids. The little kid, the biggest kid in the house, is giving too much in relationships. 
You know he cheating on you, but he can still come home. You know he got five girlfriends, but you stick. An inability to trust others. You don't trust nobody. Pride yourself on I don't trust nobody. I don't put abandonment issues. Pushing others away to avoid rejection. We heard it. I'm going to get you before you get me. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm let, let you know about you for you. One little argument and you packing up all your stuff. Dog, you just, you, you said I do to death, to death do us part. You packing already? Abandonment, rejection. Oh, here it is. Feeling insecure in romantic partnerships and friendships. You can just never, you can just never settle in. Like, this one totally different from, and, oh, here it is. Codependency. I can't do without my kids. I just, I just can't, I can't, I can't. I just can't do without them. I just, I can't, I can't. They can't never leave me. They, I just, I just, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, oh. Anybody ever watch my 600-pound life? And you ever wonder why the person just won't stop cooking? Like, why do you keep feeding them? Well, the problem is, is they're codependent. They need to be needed. So you're helpless and you need me to cook, so I'll just keep cooking because if I keep feeding you, you, you need me and I never... I need you. I need you, so if whatever it takes, we're codependent. I'm dependent on you and you're dependent on me and we've got this unspoken pact that we'll never leave each other. Now, we're not going to tell each other the truth. I'm never going to say, hey, you're eating too much. Hey, you need to stop this. Hey, you're spending too much. Hey, no, 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 no. Because if I say that, you might get upset and reject me and leave me. Oh, goodness. A need for continual reassurance that others love them and will stay with them. You love me? You love me? Do you, do you love me? You, you didn't tell me you love me. Texting 25 times a day to a dude you going home to, he home. He coming home. Why minute, why you, why you, why you, God, he texting again? Okay. A need for continual reassurance. You, you still, am I still pretty to you? Am I, am I still pretty to you? Am I, am I still, do you still, do I still, come on, do I? The need to control others. If I control you, you'll always give to me what I need. So I don't let you think for yourself. I don't let you speak for yourself. I won't let you dress for yourself. I won't let you do anything for yourself. I got to control you. Because if I can control you, whatever I need from you, I can always get. And when that feeling starts to rise up in me, I'll just come and put my foot on your neck because you'll always be there. That's what's behind domestic violence. That if I can put enough fear in you, if I can beat you hard enough, talk to you bad enough, take enough stuff from you, you'll never walk out of those doors. Y'all, it's happening in our communities. It's happening to our little girls. 
And it's time for us to start telling the truth. It's time for us to start telling the truth. The need to control others. The need to control. But even outside of relationship, what about our need to control each other relationally? Man to man, woman to woman. You got to always pick where we're going to eat. You got to always tell us what we're going to do. You got to always. Oh, dog. Dog. Persisting with unhealthy relationships is another one. You just gonna you just you just gonna make that work. You you just you just gonna listen. You can dress them up, put a suit on them. You can buy them a dress, buy them a purse. They the same person. They just, but you you just wanna persist in it. You just wanna persist. You just keep fighting for. You're not fighting for it. You're fighting for you. Because if it means, listen, y'all know it's the truth. I'd rather come home to a no good man than not to come home and nobody be there. Men, I'd rather put up with all of that, yeah, 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 just to, just to know I got somebody. Because I'm going to tell you some pretty ruthless women out there now. Men getting beat. Men getting beat. It's some, it's some, it's some, it's some. I'm telling you, there are men, you listen, talk to your sons. There are men being abused, being violated, and because they are men, they can't say nothing. But women are putting their hands on them, and they're doing everything they can not to go to jail, so they won't put their hands on them. But none of this is an unhealthy relationship. But because you've always been abandoned and at least she's always there, you stay. She cussing you out, calling you everything but a child of God, cutting up your clothes. It's unhealthy. And we all know either we've been through it or we know somebody who's going through it. An inability to maintain relationships. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, mothers and fathers. We can't let our kids keep changing um, boyfriends and girlfriends like they change socks. It speaks to a deeper truth. It speaks to an inability to connect and to stay. It's not cute. It's not them just sowing their wild oats. It's abandonment. They're hurting. And the way they deal with the hurt is don't let nobody hurt them. So they just keep. Don't nobody really mean anything. Moving quickly from one relationship to another. Oh. 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 It ended that fast? Oh. Look at this one. Sabotaging relationships. Somebody tell you, oh, that's a nice young man. Oh, uh-uh. Oh, uh-uh. I'm just going, I'm just, oh, uh-uh. I'm not going to even, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not going, mm-mm. 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 So you just start doing stuff to make him walk away. You just start doing, y'all know people just do stuff. 
just make them go right and it comes out of the root of bitterness that y'all this trail goes real long and we can't get into all that today but I'm going to tell you the truth all right and look at this a lack of emotional intimacy I said emotional intimacy you'll do plenty of physical intimacy but they'll never have your heart no emotional intimacy been with somebody five years they know nothing about you no emotional intimacy. Listen, people don't know people's middle names. People don't even know where you were born. What's your favorite color? Do you know how many times, listen, I get, I like, okay, so, okay, so, y'all gonna pray for me because I go from one thing to the next, but this has been a steady, but first 48, okay, first 48, just, just, it's news, it's real, it's, it's news. But this is what I'm going to say about that. Somebody gets killed. This is the girlfriend. He living with you. And they ask you what's his last name. And they don't know. Okay, okay. But what they call him, they call him Dirk. Um, okay, okay, okay. Okay, Dirk. Okay, Dirk what? Well, she say, I, we went to the cookout and his mama called him to me. But I don't know, Demi, but... This is a real story. The guy was Dirk. His real name was Demetrius. <laughs> no, no joke here, but he was Dirk. His real name was Demetrius. And I was like sitting there like, she don't know the boy's last name and he living there. And they kept drilling her and all she could tell him about was tattoos and this. And I'm like, but there's physical intimacy, but no emotional intimacy. See, when, see, none of this is shocking my husband. None of this is shocking him because he already knows. He's seen my tears. He's comforted me through it. Pray, please. But a lot of people can't share anything. And why can't they share? Because when you start asking one question, it opens up something else, and then it opens up something else, and I ain't finna, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't dealing, I ain't, I ain't finna tell you about Otis. I ain't finna tell you about what he did and where he went and what. See, it, it infiltrated us in the 70s, right? You know, the Temptations in 72 came out with that song, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, and it was, wherever he his had, it was home, but when he died, all he left us was alone. And we sing that song and play it at family reunions like it's something to be proud of. Let's, let's go to the word. Psalm 27. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how David dealt with this. You know Psalm 27 and 10, David says, um, when my mother and father forsake me. That word forsake in uh, the Hebrew is azav, which means to depart from, leave behind, leave, let alone, abandon, forsake, neglect. Can you give me Proverbs 27 and 10 in the Passion Translation? Did I give that to you all? Good. It says, my father and mother. See, when you read sometimes in the New King James and King James, it sounds like if it happens. 
you know, maybe it happened. But this translation helped us out. It says, my mother and father abandoned me. I'm like a what? He says, I'm like an orphan because he knows who his mom and daddy are. He knows Jesse. But I feel like an orphan because, see, there'll be things that come along that your parents don't want to deal with. There'll be behaviors you display that they don't want to fool with. You see what I'm saying? He says, so I feel like an orphan. But look what he says to Father God. But you took me in and did what? Took me in and made me yours. This is David. This king, this king, David. Maybe this helps us understand why King David has such a woman problem. Because we do know Solomon didn't get that on his own, right? David, David gets ready to die. They wanted to see if he was, the king was leaving. And they took a young virgin into the room. And they said, oh, yeah. He ain't did nothing. Surely the king is on his way out of here. David liked himself. But now that we understand what we understand now about how the soul works, and we look at Psalm 27 and 10. Maybe Jesse was a good provider. But maybe Jesse wasn't a great priest. Wasn't a great prophet. We don't even, we don't, what, what did, you know, we can read about what David poured into Solomon. But we don't read about what Jesse poured into David. Okay. Let's go to Psalm 27. I want to tell you. Seven things that all children need. Seven things all children need. And I'm going to bring it right from the word. You know what? But before I do that, let me, let me just shock you a little bit more. I think I sent some, some statistics because I want you to understand how bad this thing is. Because it's, it's not just, um, you know, people got the flu in 2020. Because when we got SARS CoV 2, we ain't even get a, a press release. But we got SARS CoV, you know, 19. But the US leads the world in single family households. Almost a quarter of all households in the US are single family. But Canada, 15%. Now, these are the nations that are the most developed. Between the U.S. and Canada is Russia at 18%. These are countries where the government oversteps, trying to fix man's problems. Government can't fix it. Look at this. China, only 3%. Nigeria, so it's not a racial issue, ladies and gentlemen. So let's, they can stop telling us this. It doesn't have to be this way in our community because we are black. Because Nigeria is a black nation, 4%. They marry and have children. Now, no condemnation because I was at my mama's wedding. So y'all just... I was. Oh, yeah, everybody. She be throwing this stuff and don't know. I was, she was pregnant with me. Do the man. Okay? 
him always like that. She don't know nothing about it. Everything was always perfect. Shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. She brought me to Jesus and made me stay there. I said and made me stay there. Druggers everywhere she went. Women's meetings, uh, junior women's meetings, teachers meetings. I'm like, I'm not a teacher. You coming. Bible study. Oh, you sit. Take a bath and put on your pajamas and lay down. You're going to church. Okay, number two. I'm going to just tell you. An estimated 24.7 million children, 33% of them live absent of their biological father. Look at this. Seven out of ten black children are born to unmarried and or never married parents. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay, let that marinate. That's why it's called Chirac, Tequila. Because you got 70% of the kids been abandoned. Left to fend for themselves. Mama doing the best she can, but you, you know, she been abandoned. Because I'm going to show you when this mess started. She was abandoned. So if I got abandonment issues, I can't think about your emotional needs because I'm trying to fight for my survival. I'm trying to keep my mind right. And when I can't get my mind right, I try stuff to help me. I drink a little, crack a little, you know, pill a little. I do whatever I can to try to shut it down. All right. Uh, number four. It says, children from father-absent homes are five times more likely to commit suicide. 32 more times likely to run away. 20 times more likely to have uh, behavioral disorders. Nine times more likely to drop out of school. 10 times more likely to engage in substance abuse. And 20 times more likely to end up in prison. So do you understand why the demographics of prison look the way they look? If seven out of 10 of our children have uh, single family homes, that's 70%, fatherless homes. Now we're not gonna say that the fathers aren't showing up, but can I tell you a secret? God didn't ask you to show up with sneakers. Take the pressure off you, you ain't got to show up with 200, just show up! Show up with a 50-cent blow pop. Sit on the step. Ask them how their day went. That means so much more than a $200 pair of sneakers that they're going to outgrow. I didn't mean to yell. So what we got to understand we're going to look at these seven things children need. Is I can't give my children what they need if I'm in a constant state of brokenness. I am extremely, allow it, proud of my children. And not proud because I did something great. Or pastor did something. He's a tremendous father. This, this man... See, y'all planning. See how y'all planning? Y'all planning. Because I'm going to tell y'all something that's going to make y'all laugh. See, when I finally had the boy, no, tell you first, no. Jonathan going to say I should tell him first. 
So when I finally had the, I knew the girls were gonna just be, I just, I just knew the girls were gonna be his. You know, the girls are just the girls and they daddy. It's, it's just. So the last time around, we got the boy, and I'm like, yes, I got it. Yes. Not that the girls don't weak, we good. But I just thought the boy was like I was gonna have to peel him off my. But when he comes in the room, who does he lay on? Daddy. When you sit on the sofa, who does he lean on? Daddy. And I'm sitting there like, yo, dude, you belong to me. What, what are you doing? I had you for me. And, and he does it. He just, and so you look in, and at 15, almost 16 years old, he's laying on his daddy's chest. And I'm looking like, Got him. <laughs> but it's, 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 he's a good father. But can I tell you, as good as he is, we've got a father that trumps him. And I'm telling you, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He won't abandon. He won't reject. He won't, none of that. He don't get tired. He won't die. He doesn't fall asleep on you. My God. He won't. Now, he won't. See, this is where we've tried to fix it. So I told you the government tried to fix it. Can you, if you got that graphic, you can put it up. The government tried to, they didn't try to fix it. Let me correct that. They created this. They knew from research what would happen if we could just destroy the family. Oh, good, it's up there. If we could just destroy the family, it happened um, January 1st, 1964, Lyndon Baines Johnson gave his first State of the Union address. In that State of the Union address, he decided that he was gonna wage a war on poverty. But he didn't wage a war on poverty, he waged a war on black families, all right? So if you look, we've always had some issues. But in 1960, only 20% were living with their, parent, their mother only. Now, why is that number so high? Because we had to come through a lot of foolishness from slavery all the way through Jim Crow, all the way through the beginning of the civil rights. We had some things that we were dealing with that they understood what that would do. But they don't show you the information where the family began to rebound in the 40s and 50s. Black families were booming. We were owning, doesn't that sound a lot like the book of Exodus? That we got hit with the famine and things went wrong, but all of a sudden we get get it together, God sends somebody for it to preserve our posterity and another Pharaoh arises and says we got to deal shrewdly with this people lest they become too strong and too mighty. Same thing. Same thing. Listen, I know people don't, I know, you know, a lot of people in America don't want to deal with the fact, but the fact is they did burn down Black Wall Street in Tulsa. They did, okay, it's, the, it's, it's not lies, it's not fake news. 
it's real. They did burn down a whole sector of town. Why? Why would you do that? I'm gonna tell you how they used to say it. Them Negroes is getting too big for their britches. Are we hurt and, 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 and scarred and all that by that? Some people are, but I choose to walk in victory. So I don't let all of that, it's the truth, but I don't let it hold me back. Did we own homes in St. Petersburg and own businesses and did we own? We did. Was it methodically dismantled? Yes, it was. But how? By the war on poverty. Here's how. If I now say, you know, you're working hard. You're working too hard. You've been working on the railroad. You're working too hard. Government going to help you. We're going to help you. We're going to put a chicken in every pot. We're going to help you. We're going to offer you Medicaid and Medicare. We're going to offer you food stamps. We're going to offer you subsidized housing. We're going to help you. Now, here's how we're going to help you. He can't come home with you because we really, we, 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 you, you, we can't have you in the house because we really want to assist families with children. We just, and so women and children. So I really need so if we going to get health care, see, before we were surviving without health care, how were we surviving without health care? The doctors charge reasonable prices. You could go see Dr. Rose and not owe your whole life. You could see Dr. Ass up and, you know, and be able to pay him and not. They created this mess. They created this thing where you can't afford to go have a cast put on a broken toe. They created this. So what happened was they divided the families intentionally. And look at what we have now, if you can put that graphic back up. So we're now to a place where in 2000, half of the children in black families were living without fathers. 25% in the Hispanic children. 17% in the white children. Now, well, Pastor Kim, it's rising for them too. Yes, you wanna know why? Because they're the same people uh, who wanted to get rid of baby Moses. You can get to a place where you're so rich that your kind don't even matter to you. They're just too many people. I said, they're just too many people. And you guys are ruining this beautiful family because it's just this beautiful planet, rather, because there's just too many of you. So now this thing has, it's just really taking everybody. By design. Well, Pastor Kim, it dropped. It dropped in the black family. You see that? Do you know why it dropped? Abortion and the gay rights movement. At the same time, Lyndon Baines Johnson was introducing the war on poverty. In 1965, the LGBT movement held their first march on the capital of Philadelphia. Listen to me. It's not coincidence. But can I tell you something? It didn't take God by surprise. It never has. Genocide has never shocked God. Okay, we'll say the proper word. I'm sorry. Eugenics has never shocked God. Nothing shocks him. We've just got to start doing things his way. So what are his ways? Go back to Psalm number 27. Psalm 
I'm going to suggest that you read the entire psalm on your own. But I'm going to start at verse 7, and then I'm going to give you, as I'm reading this, I'm going to give you the seven points. David says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Number one, children need personalized attention and responsiveness. They need attention and they need you to respond to them. And they don't need the attention you give everybody else. They need the attention they need. They need. You see what I'm saying? What I need and what my brothers needed were completely different. What my three, four children need, they, they don't need the same things. See, Lydia don't need me to be all just, she just like, hey, y'all go find Lydia. We'll all be in one room. Hey, go find Lydia. Because Lydia just, she just, you know. But then you had this one who thought, oh, God, she would rub the back of your arm and just rub it and rub it and she didn't care who you were she would just rub and rub and rub and rub and rub and rub some more so you kind of understand what they need from you and so i have to take time and be intentional and give everybody what they need and i've got to respond to them in the manner that they need me to respond to them in he said hear me lord and not just hear me, answer me. And answer your children from your God-likeness. Don't answer him from your soul, man. You always, you get on my nerves. Shut up, you stupid. And now we cussing them out. In the mall, in the grocery store. We're creating the image and likeness of God. So we're going to speak to our children in the likeness of God. And we got to remember they're created in the image of likeness of God. So if you wouldn't say it to God, don't say it to them. If you wouldn't call God by that name, don't call them that. All right. Number two, verse 8 and 9a. When you said, seek my face... My heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. We need acceptance. I said we need acceptance. I need to know that if I'm not as smart as this one, as fast as that one, as cute as that one, as buff as that one, that you're still going to accept me. You're going to accept me for me. Didn't the Bible tell us in Ephesians chapter 1 that we are accepted in the beloved? Why would he have to say that? Because there were going to be so many people in the kingdom of God who had no earthly acceptance. But we've got to accept them. Let's keep going. Verse 9b, it says, um, he says, do not hide your face from me. It says, do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. They need loving correction. Not correction out of your anger. You're mad and now you've, you've done something and said something.
something that you can't take back. You can't, words. Let me tell you why words hurt more than anything. I hit people. I'm just a hitter. God help me, Jesus. Yeah, I'm a hitter. But sometimes I get accused of hitting too hard. I'm heavy-handed. But the thing about it, you know, is that pain goes away. You hit me, I might feel it for a little while, I might sting, I might even get a few welts. But that goes away. But when you take words, and they are seeds, and you release them, and they get in my heart, and they grow up, and they replay in my mind, I can't get away from them. So when we say things to our children out of anger, when we say things to them, oh my God, out of our brokenness, It keeps replaying over and over in their minds. You're stupid. You bought the stupidest. You bought the stupidest, the stupidest, the stupidest kid I've ever. You just stupid. You, you stupid like your daddy. You just, you just stupid. And then I walk into a pre-algebra class. And they put an X on the board. And I don't get it the first three times. See, I'm stupid. Throw me out this class, because I'm stupid. And they tell something, and they walk out the class. Now, where did you hear that? It's like Adam. Lord, I'm naked. Who told you that? Because I ain't said nothing to you about being naked and ashamed. Who told you that? Because when you were in preschool, you were the shining star. Because in preschool, we are trained to only say positive things. But what good is it, Miss Faye, if we speaking all that positive and they go home to all that stupid? Whose voice carries the most weight? Now you call me stupid, but I've been crying last night because daddy told me he was coming by and I didn't see him. But I saw his car on the corner because you know we don't venture far out of our neighborhoods. They normally plant their seed in their yard, right in the same neighborhood. He said he was going to come by and get me. So I don't matter. And I'm stupid. So guess what? You don't matter. And you don't stupid. So I can put a gun to your head and not feel bad about it and walk off and go eat lunch. Police officers got to go through counseling after they fire their gun. These kids fire their gun, kill a joke, and go eat lunch. Like they ain't did nothing. They need loving correction. Say from now on, from now on I'm going to correct out of my love. Now that don't mean you won't get loud. That don't mean you won't spank their butts. That means you won't call a spade a spade. But it means I'm not going to operate out of my anger. All right? Verse 11. Let's keep going here. Psalm 27. David just still talking. 
Because you know verse 10, he says, you know, my mother and father abandoned me, but I know you're going to take care of me. I know you're going to take care of me, Father. But this is a level of spiritual maturity. we got to get here. And before we can get our children here, we've got to get here. And I'm telling you, this is how I got here. That very word. That very word. I was saying all the time. Lord, you got me. Lord, you got me. Lord, you got me. Okay, Lord, you got me. Lord, you got me. You got me. You got me. Okay, Father, you got me. Oh, it's Father's Day, Father. You got me. You got me. He got me. All right? Verse 11. After he says that, part A, he says, teach me your way, O Lord. See, we've studied and mastered the world's way. No, Lord, teach me your way. Every child needs instruction. Every child needs someone who will instruct him in the way to go. That's what uh, Proverbs is all about. When you open the book of Proverbs, Solomon saying these, uh, this wisdom that I received from my father. And then he goes on to tell fathers to instruct your son. Instruct your son. Instruct. Because he opens up and he says, it says, Solomon, the son of David. Giving him connection to a fatherly lineage. And then that's why he's able to tell you how a father ought to deal with their children, okay? So we need instruction. Same verse. He says, uh, teach me your ways. Look at this. And lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Ah, they need guidance. Our children need guidance. They need to know which way to go. Why? Because there's so much at them. And if we just leave them to themselves, the evil one is going to have their way. We can't just say, oh, yeah, you can have an iPhone 13 Pro Max and give no rules on how to use it. Or guidance on how it operates in my house. You got to guide them through this. Thing. You know why? Because we can't get away from it. No, just think about when you're on your phone. I, okay, so I shop on my phone. My phone ain't fit for nothing but reading the Bible, answering a text, making phone calls, receiving phone calls, and shopping. I think that's why they gave them to us, right? But every time now, I had to stop using Bible Gateway because I use it from the Chrome browser, and every time I go in there, go all the shoes I ever looked at, all the dresses I ever looked at, all the I'm like, oh, my God. Can't get it till my husband started saying, hey, I'm seeing this thing on my feet. Are you? I'm sorry. And so what happens is our phones, our computers, they learn us. I said they learn us. So if I'm walking through a place where there's an enemy and one time I go look for something, they can't get, it, it, keeps, it keeps coming back. So if I don't teach them or guide them on how to navigate all of this stuff the enemy is throwing at them, we're not talking enough, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking enough. Okay, yeah, I know that pornography on that phone because, child, I got one of the messages talking about to call this number. You get those two? What? What did you do when that came through on your phone? Did you click the link? But they don't know. 
So the enemy is having his way with them, all right? Number six, verse 12. He says, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me and such as breathe out violence. Don't deliver me over to them. All children need protection. They need protection. Don't, don't, listen, I would much rather be in a studio apartment in the best neighborhood than to be in a five-bedroom mansion in the worst. Because I'm going to protect you. Because, see, I know you, I got to go to work, and you got to get on that bus, and you got to walk through all that. And before I let you walk through all that and be tempted with all that, I'd rather have less over there than have more over there. Why? Because I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you. Well, Pastor, ain't nobody can't afford rent over there. Yeah, we can. I said, yeah, we can. I said, yeah, we can. What are we going to do? We're going to cook our meals and not go out and buy them. We're going to take care of those shoes when we buy them. Whatever it takes to protect you, I'm willing to do it. Pastor told y'all we couldn't afford that house. He told y'all. And he's still trying to figure out how to, I don't, I don't pay that no mind. That ain't none of my business. That ain't none of my business. I pray for him. I pray for giving wisdom, open his eyes, help him see. But that's between him and God. I ain't and he does that, and God has provided. Now, was I in Neiman Marcus the whole time? Were we buying cars the whole time? No. Was Pastor getting custom suits at that time? No. He wore the same. Remember the brown suit, the black suit. From men's wear, from men's warehouse, and um, those shoes. Well, he's still not buying custom suits. He like he wears custom suits, but he ain't buying them. The Lord does. We gonna get there. The Lord provides. Do you, you see what I'm saying? We can't do it. But what was the choice? Stay on 16th Street, where they don't care that your car is in the driveway, but they've come in your house. Lights on, car in the driveway, and they came in. And that wasn't the first time that came in. That was the last time, time number five. Leave them in that. With the cussing in the alley and the gunshots, drugs in the alley, baby diapers being thrown in our backyard, guns going off, hit the floor, hit the floor. No, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. We can't do this. We can't. I got to protect your eyes. I got to protect your ears. I got to protect your soul. Whatever it takes. And, and God will help. Why? Because they belong to him. When my mother and father forsake me, he'll take them. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Verse 13. Here it is. Last one. It says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of whom? The goodness of whom? The Lord. In the land of the living. All children need to know that there's going to be provision. 
Now, see the goodness of the Lord. God's not asking you to provide it. He's asking you to allow him to work through you. See, we get into trouble when we try to provide it. We make a bad situation worse. I know they want things. Pastor told y'all a long time ago, our kids keep our faith up. Because they find a way of asking for things and wanting things and wanting to do things that, you know, okay, Jesus. You want that for your birthday. Oh, oh, okay, okay, oh, okay, Jesus. We do not tell them no. Never have told them no. Let's see that. That's what I'm talking about. Go to God. He will give them the desires of their heart. So all children need provision. They need to know. Ladies and gentlemen, they need to, they should never come home wondering if the lights are going to be on. They should never know that there's some sort of financial strain or issue. They should know. They should know. If you got to go in your room and cry and beg, call Pastor Kim, don't let them know. You're out of something. They should know. There's not a child's, they can't handle it. All right, so those are the seven things. Now, that goodness for all of those who say, that goodness is just talking about God blessing you and loving you. That ain't got nothing to do with, watch this. Goodness. H2898, two, which means good things. I wanted to see God's fairness. I wanted to see God's beauty. I believe that I would see God's joy. I believe that I would see God's prosperity. I believe I'd see God's goodness of taste in the land of the living. And I'm going to tell you something. God's got good taste. And we want to see his goodness in not ours. Anybody attest, there were some things you thought 10 years ago you had. You thought you were stepping in high cotton. I thought I was stepping in high Girl, I thought I But now that you've grown up a little bit, grown up in this word, started to manifest your God-likeness, you look back at that and just like, I can't. Was I... Did I really? Yeah. Come on. Now, so this leads us to the final question. Okay. Is how does David pull this into his reality? How do we pull this in? How does God himself take care of me when I've been abandoned and rejected? How does he do it? How does he give me victory? When I've been through so much. When the truth is, daddy walked out and I don't know where he is. Better yet, mama won't even tell me his name. We got to tell them. And the sooner you tell them, the better. They don't have to know the ugly. But they do have to know that there was somebody. Yeah, they didn't hatch. <laughs> you got to guide them through what the enemy is going to do. The enemy will use the most innocent things to destroy children. But if you don't talk them through it and guide them through it, he'll win. He'll win. Did your children know all that stuff about your dad? Yes. Yes. Because when the phone calls stopped, they had to... They loved it, my grandbabies. Love, oh, my, 
still to this, you know. Yeah, he don't. He, he would come get Olivia when she was first born every day and sit on the step, come home from work, still got on his jumpsuit, and his line was, come on, girl, let's talk about it. And she was supposed to, when he retired, be driving a pink Cadillac with his bottle of wine. I'm like, you don't even drink wine, but and she was going to drive him all around the world in a pink Cadillac. Yeah, right? First of all, he doesn't allow women to drive him, so I wanted to see that. And he ain't driving in nothing pink. <laughs> ain't doing that. But how does this happen? How, do, how does God take care of us? First of all, we got to take him at his word. Look at Psalm 68 and 5. Take him at his word. It says, he is a father of the what? Oh, it's on the screen. You ain't got to turn. We're going home. He is a father of the what? Come on. Let's keep going. Go to um, Psalm 147 and verse 3. Look at this. He heals the what? And does what? Now, anybody honest enough in this place to say, I've been brokenhearted. And it was by somebody who was supposed to love me unconditionally. Brokenhearted. But can I tell you something? He'll bind up your wounds. I said he'll bind up your wounds. And can I tell you something? The wounds don't go away because you turn 18. And all of a sudden, you can pay your own bills. The wounds are still there. And if you don't deal with it God's way, you'll be 79, 86, 94 with those same wounds. They don't go away because you age. They don't go away because they're growing facial hair. They're not men until you declare them a man and the word declares them. When they're able to stand up and to pour into somebody else, that's when they're men. But until then, they're broken hearted little that need our help. That need our help. Our daughters, just because they come of woman age, just because they know how to do their own hair and they know how to drive, you're not yet there. I've got to declare things into you. I've got to speak things into you. I've got to pour into you until you get there. Well, at what age are you going to release your daughters when the Lord says? It might be 22. It might be 28. I don't know. When he's, and that's the truth, it may be 35. Because here's, when you've been broken and God restores you, you need time to learn you. They don't know them. How many, listen, if anybody was going to ask me what's the hardest part, and Kiyashi would probably ask, the hardest part of women's ministry. The hardest part of women's ministry is not getting women together because we love to get together. It's not figuring out colors and design because we've got Pauline. It's not that. It's bringing together people who don't know who they are. Wounded women who've not dealt with issues, 
What's the hardest part of men's ministry? Caleb will probably ask. The hardest part of men's ministry is dealing with men who come and act like everything all right. Everything all, I got this pastor. Pastor, I got this. I got this pastor. Pastor, I got this. I got this pastor. I'm good. How you doing today? I'm good. Well, dog, how you good? Because you ain't never seen your daddy. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you, you ain't never, you ain't, you ain't never, you, you, you good, you good, cause it took me a long time to be good. You good with that many churn sprawled out all over the city, you good? You good making all them child support papers like that, you good? You good when your wife crying and you don't know why she crying, you good? You good when your daughter out there doing that, what she doing out there in them streets, and your son out there doing what he doing out there in them streets, and you good? How in the world are you good? But we come together, and we're all good. That's the men. And the women come together, and they all just rolling their eyes. But the Lord finally revealed to me, it ain't me. It ain't me. It ain't the colors you chose. It's not the flowers. It's not the caterer. It's what's going on in here. And the moment you say something that I perceive that you might begin to get ready to scratch at what I'm getting ready to do, what I've been covering up for so long, I roll my eyes, I pack my purse, I flip my body. It's the spiritual for me. I'm just in my word. I'm just in my word. You're not, you don't see nothing on them pages because you're trying to do the doggone best you can to not cry. Well, I just, I just won't come. I just, I just won't, I just won't come because you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't minister to me. Anybody, you know, I, I, I want to be in the deeper things of God. I don't want to just sit up and, I just want to sit up and color. What, what do I want to sit and color for? I don't want to just sit and, and color through the word because it, it just, it just, uh, I want, I want to intercede before God. So you received him as father, but still crying about your father. How? 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 Oh, he my heavenly father, but you mad at him because he took your grandmama. She was the last person you had. How? How? Grandmama was all I had and God took her. But you preaching. Oh, God killed your wife and you preaching? I just heard it the other night. God took my wife, took my sister, took four more people in 28 days, and you still preaching and saying God took them. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm mad at God. So how you preaching? Sit down until you heal. Let somebody pour the oil onto you so that you can be healed. We got to stop people just pushing through, just pushing through, because the devil will pull some back pressure on you that you can't take. You know, it's so, it's so funny, the digestive system. I like soda. I found a new healthy version. I'm, I'm being delivered slowly. But I love when the bubbles go down. But do you know when the bubble tries to come back up, you feel that? And it kind of hurts. 
right? It's back pressure. It's pushing back open that valve on the top of your stomach. It's trying to push it back. Push it. Back pressure hurts. Well, it hurts the same way in the spirit realm. When you're constantly trying to push through something, the devil's bringing that back pressure that won't let it flow. It won't let the word flow. That's why you go to sleep in church. That's why you go to sleep in church. See, when I was broken, a little girl who just wanted to talk to her daddy, who wanted her daddy to be to her what he was with every other child. Great person with other children. He loves kids. He will get up in that sun and go teach the whole city how to play tennis. He in, in 95 degree weather. Buy them rackets, buy them shoes. Now he provided for me. I, I, I don't get that. He, no problem with that. But he would laugh with them. And he would hug them. And he would take them cards when they birthdays and graduations and So I did what in church? I slept. I slept. No, it, it, was, it wasn't just the dozing. I slept. I slept through elementary school. I don't know how I know what I want because I slept. The grace. I slept. Because my brother and I had this, we wouldn't go to sleep until we knew everybody else was asleep. And then you had to wake up in case anything erupted in the middle of the night. So tonight's your night. 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 And we would keep watch. As children. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, ma'am. Just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case. And if you're 70s babies... See, we couldn't call the police. The best I could do was call my auntie. And the only thing she could do was nothing. But somebody was on the end of the phone. And so when it came to trying to receive Love, attention, instruction, guidance, protection. I ain't, listen, y'all, I'm about as crazy. I was the craziest data in the world. I ain't got nothing left from no man. I ain't got no bracelet. I ain't got no purse. I ain't got no, no, ain't no evidence. Who she dating? You'll never know because ain't no evidence. I ain't got no tattoo. I ain't got no nothing. Why? Oh, let me buy you this. No, don't buy me nothing. Oh, let me ride in your car. Oh, no, 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 no. I won't ride in your car. Why? Because you're not going to get me. Oh, I've caught guys cheating. You think you in love? Oh, this is a funny story. Mom was in the hospital. She was sick. And I had this boyfriend. Garbage, but he was there. He was there, and he was nice. Never had a bad boy. Never, I just, bless God. 
But it was garbage. And so my mom is in the hospital. They say her heart's failing. And I'm like, oh, God. And I'm crying, you know. So I'm going to go to the boyfriend's house. And I could just walk in, you know, because it was like the hangout house. His house was just the house. He had the nicest house. Just walk in. I knew which door you opened, the door that was always left unlocked. Hey, always just come in this door. Oh, snap. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Excuse me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm nice. I'm so nice. Excuse me. Closed the door. Walked out. Never saw him again. Now, you know what? That sounds real good, doesn't it? But that's not okay. <laughs> I didn't sing another sad song. My girlfriends and I didn't take a trip to wherever. We didn't do none of that. I went home, and I cried out to God. And I said, God, I'm on a bad path. And this ain't working. This is not working. And then I talked to my pastor. I said, Joseph Bacon, that was my final. You got to know him to love him. <laughs> well, you love him, but he, he, he was funny, but a man of few words. He said, he could sing too. Kimberly, cousin Kimberly. And I'm like, why is Kimberly so hard? He said, oh, I knew baby Tupac wasn't no good, no ways. <laughs> You know, that's exactly what he said, right? And, but don't call him Baby Tupac. And he, he said, I knew Baby Tupac wasn't no good, no way. You're going to be all right. Yeah, this very deep. You're going to be all, you're going to be, you're going to be all right. And that, that you're going to be all right. And can I tell you something? Right. But I should have at least, right? Aren't you supposed to like break windshields and cut tires? <laughs> but can I tell you something? Can I tell you something as to why there was no emotional response? There never has been any emotional response. And so when it rolls over to people in the body of Christ, oh well. That's not okay. That is not okay. But now you understand. You don't call, so what? You don't speak, so what? And that's not good. That's not good. But now you understand. Now, is God softening that? Yes. Because he's taught me you keep speaking. You say hello. You make eye contact. You still recognize it's significant days. You still, you still do that. That's how God would treat his children. All right, so how does God do this? We're done. Three ways God delivers us from the spirit of abandonment and rejection. When you get time, read Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, and you'll find out just how much God loves you, that he gave up nations for us. 43. Verses 1 through 7. Three ways. Number one, by the Holy Spirit. John 14, 15 through 18. He delivers us from this by the, from the spirit of abandonment and uh, rejection. 
by the Holy Spirit. John 14, verses 15 through 18. Look at this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. King James, another comforter that may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Look at this. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So Jesus Christ never wanted us to be alone. He never wanted us to feel alone. So he gave us his Holy Spirit. And he holds us until Jesus comes back to get us. Do you, do you see that? Do you see that? So even if that buster left and you're still working through it, it's okay. The Holy Spirit's got us. Oh, number two. Turn to... Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Look at this. I do not write these things to you to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, Yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you to the gospel. So there are a lot of people out there teaching. A lot of people on YouTube doing what they do. On Instagram, encouraging you. But you only got one spiritual father you belong to this house. There she goes. You ain't got but one. That's how he helps us get through Praise God, abandonment and rejection. We need spiritual covering. We need a spiritual father. We can't do this without it. This is how he does it. Keep going for me. Uh, back to 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 15. I'm going to go all the way through. Uh, keep going for me. 16 for me. Therefore, I urge you, do what? Imitate who? Paul said imitate your spiritual father. You don't have to figure this out. I said you don't have to figure it out. You want to become a wonderful father or even a better father. Imitate the spiritual father. God is, y'all, I'm telling you, he's always working in his heart on how to be more like him. Paul said it, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay, if you're not settled that he's following Christ, you're in the wrong church. And you are more than welcome to leave. No, really. You need a spiritual father. Somebody that you can look up to and imitate. You've not been this way before. Not many have. Not many have. When you're talking about now in the black community, a quarter of households without fathers, you need a spiritual father now more than ever. Do what he does. If he doesn't come in here sagging, don't you come in here sagging. If he's cutting his hair, you cut your... You cut your hair. I, I said it and I was like, oh, somebody offended. Dog. I was like, dog. But he did clean cut, you know, no, really. He takes care of his wife, you take care of your wife. He's not roaming the streets at two in the morning. Don't you be roaming the streets at two in the morning. If he says, I'm getting up in the morning, I'm reading and praying in my word, you 
got nothing to do with the stuff, but the stuff is nice. Stop telling her no, because he don't tell me no. He did that one time, and my heavenly father, my daddy, got him good. I said, Father, you are, I love you, Dad. Follow him. Imitate him. 17 for me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my what? And so to all of those people out there, especially in the Baptist camp, that want to tell everybody, stop talking about spiritual fathers, then stop preaching Paul. Stop preaching Paul. Go to Titus for me. We can keep going. I think you get the point. Titus chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which, uh, which accords with godliness, works with godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that's that Zoe, y'all should have got excited when y'all heard that, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in what? A true what? He's a true son. He's a true son. So God's going to get us through this with spiritual fathers. Last one. God's going to get us through this with the local church family. See, listen to me. If you want to make me mad, well, my children know this. Don't go ask nobody for anything you've not asked me for. Don't you go out there acting like I don't take care of you. Like your daddy don't provide. Don't get out there and shame me. You know what I'm saying? Don't get out there and shame me. No boy out there buying you jack in the box. What are you buying you that for? That's a lot of, what are you buying you that for? God has given us a local church family. If you want to offend, and I'm slow to take offense, and so is pastor as our father. He's, he's slower than me. <laughs> but what you don't want to do is let us find out you were in need, going through, and we never knew, and you went somewhere else. Don't ever get up here and testify we were in trouble and you ran to somebody else and expect me to jump up and dance. Because I can't jump in, up and dance on that because I'm shocked. Like you don't have a family that will rally around you and take care of you. I'm, 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 I'm undone. That's a, an abandonment issue does that. It makes you, look at this, not want the Holy Spirit, not trust spiritual fathers, but not trust your local church family. Because it's funny to me how everybody on your job can know everything about your life, but you come in here like nothing ain't going on, and we're the only ones who can help you for real. The only ones that are going to help you and not dog you out. Well, you, they went in there, they went in there, and they told so-and-so. We're not supposed to. Do you know I beat the stew off my churn if I ask them what's going on with the other one? They don't tell me. Right. Now, I ain't, never had to, I ain't never had to beat them because I show they, they give up the goods. 
She was kind of she was kind of quiet tonight. Mama, look right here. What's going on with Jonathan? He looking a little, he looking a little. Now you got to get it out of her. You got to work it out of her. You got to work it out of her. What's going on with, what's going on? But the prophet told us that. The prophet told us that. So yeah, the prophet told us that one right there. But that one, that's the one you want interceding for you. I tell you that, that one. That's the one you want praying. Jonathan, what, why that girl? I told her she was stupid. And he walks off. But he gonna tell you, yeah, you right, you right, you right, you right, you right, you right, you right. But then we want to come to the church family and hold people to something that's completely unnatural. If me come and say, Mom, oh God, Jesus, I can't da 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 Pauline, this is what we need to do. Call the small, if you call your small group and tell everybody we need to do da 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 Meek got an issue, and we're going to take care of it. Now, where the dirt in that? I said, where the dirt in that? Do you see how the devil want to make that dirt? Tell him, 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 you want to stay like this? No. You didn't want to grow up in the old church. Let you need benevolence. There was a little sheet on the wall that told where the monies went. They voted before the whole church before they would help you with your light bill. That's just how that's how that thing was. Lights getting turned off on Thursday. They ain't meeting the next Tuesday. And they ain't calling no special meeting because your light's about to get you. just going to have to. We need the local church family. And we don't need it for all these lies and secrecy that we built it on. Last pal, the, the spiritual father, the last one to know about anything. But folk getting towed out the frame. And he don't get a call till you need a moving truck. I mean, for more than moving. They do know how to pray. I said they do know how to pray. Don't wait until they're in the back of the cruiser to call the men. When a church, uh, scripture. Before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's a whole nother message. That visit is not just show up and say, hey, how you doing? No, visit them is go there and fix the situation. The fatherless, we are supposed to be fixing this situation. Single mamas, you got children and you need help? Stop crying at the Boys and Girls Club. They can't help you. They can't help you. 18 unsaved mentors, and you wonder why they running around here 
calling on Allah, calling on Buddha, calling on questioning God, don't want to go to church because you put all of the world over them. Well, I did the church act like they don't want to have you said anything. Stop lying on the church. Stop lying on the church. They, didn't, they ain't never there. They ain't never, my, my church be going. No, you walking around in pride, which is the result of your abandonment and rejection, and you casting that on somebody else. Don't tell me, not when I know half of this church was coaching my boy playing baseball before he could even play baseball for real. Half the deacons, they out there, they out there. Boy, we just... Don't tell me that. Pastors would come to meet with Pastor in the back hallway throwing a baseball with him. Sliding on the terrazzo. Pastors. Pastor Ellis Hodge and, um, and Brother Dwight Rogers would have my baby back there sliding and tossing a baseball. Don't tell me about the local church won't do it. No, the problem is, is you too prideful to say anything. You keep pretending like we're here for you. We're here for you. Okay, look at Job. Job 29. Verses 11 through 13, and I'm done. Job 29. It's our responsibility, church, not the government's responsibility to fix this. Takina, it's all for you, baby. You can't. It's all for you as an administrator. It's on us as the body of Christ. We are supposed to be God's arms in this earth. We're his money in this earth. We're his heart in this earth. We're his eyes in this earth. But you know what happens to us when we get a little bit of prosperity? We go buy a purse we can't afford, shoes we can't afford, hair we can't afford, nails we can't afford. And then when somebody comes and says, hey, I need to get groceries. Now that's when you go gossiping. And you know why you're gossiping? Because you don't have it. Oh, girl, you won't believe. Oh, she walk around like she so got it going on and had the nurse had to call me. That's why you're gossiping because you don't have it. We are the fixers. These children in this house ought to be the most blessed children in this city. Why? Why? Because you're here. Should nobody's birthday be missed? If it ain't nothing but a box of Swedish fish, fish with a 99 cent card from the Dollar Tree with $5 on it, don't give no empty cards now. Stop that mess. Stop that mess. Stop that mess. Stop that mess, brother and sister in the Lord. If everybody honored every child in here, they could go get the Nikes for themselves and that dude that didn't show up last Thursday talking about taking them to get shoes, he wouldn't even matter. He wouldn't matter. He wouldn't matter. They could go to Rock and Crab on their own. 
how easy it would have been after Adam abandoned and rejected God the Father for him to take all of his love and it just poured on himself. You said he could have said, you know what? I'm God. I'm done with this sinful flesh. I'm just going to love on me, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and these angels. We good. We good. But God, he kept loving. He kept giving. He clothed them after they abandoned and rejected him. Can you say the same? Somebody abandoned and rejected you and you still clothing them? He clothed them. They tried fig leaves. He knew them things was going to brown and fall off. Death had been introduced into the garden. But he slayed an animal and made a covering for them. Then, so that they didn't get stuck in that state, that unregenerate state, that degenerate state, he put a guard over the tree of life so that they couldn't touch it because he didn't want them to remain in that state that they were in. But do you know sin kept growing to the place where they all as a nation turned their back on God and he had to destroy all of humanity, save Noah and his family? And he got him out of that, restored the earth. And can I tell you what they did? They abandoned and rejected him over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then he gets to the end of Malachi, end of the Old Testament. He shut up talking to man for 400 years. But his love. I said, but his love. After he had been abandoned and rejected. Everybody who walks out of church because they've been abandoned and rejected, tell them they need to increase their love. Because until a whole humanity has turned their back on you, get over it. You're not that special. But God, pretty special. I feel bad about abandoning and rejecting him. But we get in our feelings when, but he kept loving. I said he kept loving. He kept loving. They kept lying. They kept stealing. They kept cheating. They kept fornicating. They kept building altars to other gods. But he kept loving. But then one day, his love just overflowed. It wasn't enough people pulling from him. And he already had a plan. Because he knew man was just in a wretched state after Adam and Eve. He knew. Oh. This said, Father, prepare me a body. I'll take care of it once and for all. I'll take care of it once and for all. So Jesus came. Gave his life a ransom for many. Bought us into the family of God. Where we are forever loved. Where we would be with Father God forever. We are in eternal life. Stop waiting for it and looking for it. We are in it. And that everlasting life, oh God, contains eternal love. And if we got foolish and abandoned 
and rejected him today. Do you know what he would do? Just like that father did with that prodigal son. He's looking for us. I said he's looking for us. He's standing at the end of the driveway and he's looking. Many days the son didn't show up, but he still looked. And then when he saw him, took off running. But took off running prepared. With a ring. With a robe. With a fatted calf. To receive his son. He didn't walk around in his abandoned rejection. He said, oh my God, son, I'm so glad you're home. Don't insult me talking about you want to be a servant. You are my son. And I love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you what God told me. If you woke up tomorrow and everybody turned their back on you, nobody spoke to you, nobody called you, nobody texted you, nobody remembers your birthday, nobody. If your husband left and your children went on with their lives, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never. Now I'm going to tell you, if we meditate that, you find out that that broken heart would mend right up. And you'd get a heart of flesh. Fathers, you can love those children. You can. You can love your wife. Mothers, you can love your children. And you don't have to love them as a father. Hey, guys. Mommies, we don't love his fathers. We love his mommies. We let God be the father. Let God be the father. You be the mommy. You know, we, we, in the church, find somebody in your church to just love on. They've been abandoned. They've been rejected. You take them in. I ain't say you got to take them out of their mama house and move them in your house. But no, you make it your business. I command everybody, put your eye on somebody and say, you know what, God? They can count on me. And you love and watch your pain be healed. You love. You love. You love. Find out what, hey, when's your birthday? Maybe you don't have to walk up to them. Ask their mama. Ask their daddy. Hey, when, 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 when are your kids' birthday? I got them. Christmas time, your kids grown and gone? Say, you know what? I'm going to be a blessing to you. Pick your family. We shouldn't have to put a tree out. It should be birthed right out of our loving souls to be nurturers and caregivers. Even when we don't know them in the every, oh God, I'm going over time. Deuteronomy over and over again. God said, take care of the widows. Take care of the orphans. And y'all ready for this? He said, even take care of the strangers that are within your gates. If they're within your gates, take care of them. Take care of them. So we have been abandoned. We have been rejected. It's just the truth. But according to Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I 
said nothing can separate us from the love of God. I said nothing can separate us. Pastor Kim, you don't know what I did. Here's what I do know. I do know we don't never tell a whole testimony. I said nothing. And you don't have to tell the whole testimony. But I tell you this, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. 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 You just come to him. Well, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you do. You do. You've been practicing on people who were unworthy. You do. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. You, you climb up right in his lap. Well, how I do that? You sit right there with him. Father, I'm here. And you just start by saying, I just, I need your help. Because I thought I dealt with that thing. And it's still there. It's still there. When they mention his name, when they mention her name, I still feel something. When that memory comes back, man, it, it makes me want to, the devil's so bad, even through all of that mess in my 40s, I would wake up in the middle of the night with night terrors like I was nine years old again. At 43. <laughs> Like I would hear arguing in the background. I would jump. I would jump. But I know what that is. Victory. He hates to lose. Because he's already lost. He hates it. He knows what losing feels like. So he wants to always look like losers. But ladies and gentlemen, we are victorious in Jesus. I said we are victorious. In Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet and just thank him for sweet, sweet, sweet victory. Sweet victory. We always win. We always win. We always win. So I say happy Father's Day. Fathers, you know, we're all learning. We are all learning. And maybe there was a time when you didn't do everything right. Okay. Okay. It's done. But what are you going to do now that you know? Our apostle told us there are two things that can happen with time. Time can be redeemed and it can be accelerated. Go ahead and redeem the time. Redeem the time. Whether they say Happy Father's Day or not. They're that hurt that they can't say it. So what? Redeem the time. You've, the other end of the abandonment and rejection, forgive. 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 I said forgive. Take time to learn their story. And if they won't tell you their story, the statistics just told you they have a story. They got a story. They've got a story. And if they came through Jim Crow, civil rights, sharecropping, they got a story. And they may never tell it. But you know there's a story. 
Go ahead and release them. Go ahead and release them. Immigration. Had to fight to get into this country. Release them. And love them. Redeem the time. Amen. Receive our man of God, our spiritual father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love you, sir. Come on and give Father God a big hand today. And thank God for the woman of God who's ministered to us so powerfully. Come on, give God a hand for her. For that ministry today. Father God, we're so thankful to you today that, Lord, you have given us this word. God, I know that what we have heard, every one of us has scratched at some area in our lives. God, I can't think of one person on this planet who wouldn't be able to understand and relate to what has been shared today. So I thank you that, God, you're the God who heals the brokenhearted. You know how to restore and renew. You know how to restore our souls. You know how to bring refreshing. You know how to mend. You know how to heal those wounds. And, Father, we ask that you would do for us just like that, that man did, that Samaritan did for that man who had fallen, who had been beaten, that oil and wine is poured in to help men, yes. to help bring uh, a new strength, to help restore. And God, whether it's a child in this room or whether it's a, it's a, it's a senior in this room, God, things that have never been dealt with, things that have never been mended, God, we, we ask that you release that healing virtue right now. The same God, we know, Lord, that you heal physically. You know how to heal in the soul and the spirit of your people. And we ask that, Father, that, God, you do that in this place. Every woman who has that wound, every man who has that wound, God has caused us to even mistreat others because we've been hurt. We've been rejected or abandoned. God, we ask you to forgive us for those things. Help us to forgive those who've hurt us and to begin to make things right. God, I pray that, God, there's, that pride cannot continue to operate in our lives. That no pride can hold us back from walking in the power and the victory that we need to walk in today. Thank you that, God, what has been a special week this day, Lord, turns into a, a special weekend, Father, of deliverance and healing and restoration. God, I ask you by the Holy Ghost to show us every place and every point where we need to go and rectify things. God, even if our children are grown out of the house or another state, wherever they may be, if there are things that need to be talked about and dealt with, that we do those things. God, we don't want anybody continuing to experience abandonment or rejection in this house. Help us as a church family even to walk in that kind of love that makes everyone know this is a fear-free zone. That in this house, no matter what has happened, we can come in and be restored. We can come in 
and be renewed. We can come in and be healed. That we don't stay away when we experience these kinds of things. But we come together. and We experience that healing that comes from being in the house of God. Father, we pray today for Pastor Ken. That God, as she showed great boldness, a great vulnerability in, in being transparent and telling her own story and telling it from the victory side. That it serves as a great encouragement to everyone who heard or will hear in the future that they will know that there is a victory side. There is a victory side. We thank you, Father, for what she's poured out. And we pray that you will continue to strengthen her and use her more and more. And God, I even pray that you'd open the door for her throughout this nation and throughout this world to share with that same transparency, to share and to be able to then minister healing to men, to women, to teenagers, to boys and girls, to be able to minister in that prophetic gifting that's upon her life, to minister healing to people. That God, as the body of Christ, will be made whole. And I thank you for it. Thank you that she's our woman of God. Thank you for it today. Thank you so much. God, we bless your name today that everyone leaves healed in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, do what you do in the hearts of your people even now. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I wasn't obedient. I'll admit it. Um, I'm supposed to place my hand on your heart if that's you. If you can identify um, with what I ministered, just come. We're going to just walk past and head back to our seat. And I'm just going to put my hand on your heart. And you're going to receive it in victory. Hallelujah. Because you minister from the healing side, from the victory side. So these hands know the victory. So she's just going to have you just come and, and, and just pass through. All right? All right? Hallelujah. So as she lays her hand, her hand on your heart, receive it, and you can just... Just move back. Just move. Just keep on moving out. Let other people come on in. Y'all guys, just stand real close. Just stay close, guys. Stay real close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you. Guys, y'all stay, stay with her. Y'all got to st stay with her. Stay with her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am healed by the wounds. In his side, I am healed by the wounds. 
in his side. I am healed by the wounds in my Savior's side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in my Savior's side. I am healed. Thank you, Jesus. By the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in my Savior's side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. I am healed by the wounds in his side. 